Welcome back to Coach's Corner, a Merrimack College podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Hopi, president of Merrimack College. This week, head coach of women's lacrosse, Julie Duffy, joined me with athletic director Jeremy Gibson to talk about the development of the women's lacrosse program here at Merrimack. We also dove into the world of women's sports and the future of women's lacrosse across the nation. Duffy gives listeners the insider's perspective on coaching an international team, creating a championship-level culture last season, and the future of the women's program as an NEC Division I team. Enjoy the lively conversation, and thank you for tuning into the world of Warrior Athletics. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Coach's Corner. I'm Director of Athletics, Jeremy Gibson. I'm joined again by Dr. Christopher Hopi, President of Merrimack College. In just a little bit, we're going to bring in Julie Duffy, the head coach of the Merrimack Women's Lacrosse Program. Uh, before we get going with Julie, Chris, we're, we're sitting here on the last day of classes. You know, we've had an amazing fall semester so far. Um, we've got our women's basketball team out in Illinois ready to take on the Fighting Illini in another Big Ten matchup. Hopefully Merrimack can take down another Big Ten foe. Um, your impressions, Chris? It's just been a great fall, a great early winter season. I mean, everything from football, which had a winning season, um, to uh, the men's basketball team. I, mean, I was at the Akron game out in Ohio, and you know, it was just a ferocious defense on that team. And even though we lost the game, they had some height on us. We just, you know, had you know a dozen steals. I think we're number two in the country in men's steals for defense basketball. Defense has been now. amazing. And the women's create team, chaos. That's what, what, what chaos. Joey's said. I mean, they really have this uh, this zone defense that's amazing. And then uh, then the women's basketball team really is having the best start they've had in years and uh, playing high level competition and winning and beating everybody from UMass Amherst and going through. So they got a big game in Illinois. But I'm really proud of the women's team. They've come a long way, and they got some real superstars in that team. Their future is very bright. And then you throw in, you know, Tony's season in soccer. Uh, you, you look at kind of the preseason coming up for lacrosse, and you just look at a great season coming forward. So we're excited about the future. Um, the first 100 days in Division One, I, I think we've surprised a lot of people. You know, I just talked to um, uh, Joe Sullivan at the Boston Globe the other day about basketball, and he, he was kind of excited for us. And uh and a lot of people have questions, why'd we go Division One? And uh, I think it's kind of proven itself out in the first 100 days, why we did it and why it's important for the school and the long-term health of this institution. Yeah, it's been an amazing stretch to be sitting here in December with the men's and women's basketball team at a combined, I think the record is 10-8 and eight between the two. You talked about the defense for the men's team. Um, Dania Davis-Stewart is a true standout right now on the women's side near the top of the country in black shots and really continuing at this level everything that she'd accomplished at the the prior level. Um, some of the other teams off to a, a good start. The swim team has four competitions under their belt so far. Uh, track and field men and women got started this past weekend and they get going again this weekend down at Northeastern. Um, so it's really amazing to see across the board the nearly 700 athletes just competing at a different level and doing it in a way that, that makes us all so proud. Yeah, they've done great. You know, I think um, for me as president, you think about just take basketball, for example, they're not even in the conference yet and they, they already have one out of conference, some tough games. You know, we beat a um, beat a rival, UMass Lowell, and, and others like that. And uh, you know, I think once we get in the conference, like we showed in soccer, we're going to do okay. And I think that's the exciting part about about us going to Division One is we're getting to play some really tough out of, out of conference teams. But in conference, is going to be really a great conference for us and really a high level of competition. But it is a place we're going to compete and do well. I think. Yeah, I think one of the things that, that we look at with the men's and women's basketball programs as they sit right now uh, coming towards the end of their, their non-conference schedule, it really looks a lot like the men's soccer 
record looked at that point. So, so both of them with winning records, both of them sitting actually atop the conference in terms of the number of wins that they have for the out-of-conference competition. So as you said, it's been an amazing first 100 days. Um, we're looking forward to the next 100 days as things get going. Um, we're bringing into the studio, uh, as I said, the head coach of the women's lacrosse program, Julie Duffy, who is getting ready to, to get launched on her fourth season. We'll get a little bit of break uh, coming up with the holidays, and then when we come back, you guys get right into action at that point. Listen, you, you went from a really a strong Division II program now to Division One. We're excited about what's happening. I mean, you've been with us three years now, four years? Yeah, heading into my fourth season. Wow, that goes by fast. But you've done a great job with the program, really elevated it. And talk a little bit about the work you've done over the last couple of years since you got here, trying to build that team, recruit the kids, and also go Division One at the same time. Yeah, you know, when I first was looking to take this job, you always have to look at the athletic department. Um, look past kind of the team that you're going to coach and go, does this athletic department have success? Um, and that was one thing that as I was looking into it and as I was trying to figure out, is this a program that you can bring to the top level of Division Two? You looked at field hockey, you looked at the basketballs, the hockeys, the men's lacrosse, right? Your biggest kind of, um, you know, competition in that mind of, of what it looks like. And you saw a wild amount of success. Um, and I said, okay, this is a place that you can find success. It has student-athletes that are coming there, coming at a high level. Um, and Merrimack had had previous success in Division II, women's lacrosse. Um, and it was just kind of going and selling that more than it was selling where we were at um, and going, okay, we have the ability to be successful here. We have the academics. We have the location, the safety. Um, I think that's one thing we hear over and over again from recruits' families is this is just a safe community. Um, and it's a community. And it's a place where lacrosse families want to be. Um, and it made it easy to recruit to um, and bring great student-athletes that bought into the Merrimack culture and what we wanted and, yeah, really did impressive things that I think shocked many of us and many of our comp competition. Yeah, you, you, you de defeated Lemoyne last year for the conference championship in Division Two. It's a great way to end that era and go into Division One. What's your expectations for the team this year? You know, our expectations, it's it's game by game. I think you look past that, um, you're you're biting off something too big, and it's just being competitive in every game. Um, we did have an opportunity to play UMass Lowell last year. It was kind of at a, a midpoint in our season where we were finding our footing, and I think it's a game that all of my current roster looks back at, and it was a game that got away from us. Um, and it's something that they're excited to go out and prove themselves this year. And they found success. They found confidence. And that was a big piece that we were missing. Um, you know, and that was one thing that we really kind of talked about last year, pre-Lemoyne, pre-Adelphi, is you put your shoes on just the same way as everyone else does. You have the ability. You have the talent. You have to believe in it and go out and do it. Um, and that's what we saw kind of that last week of, of season last year was they finally believed in themselves. Um, and they showed the talent that they had. And I think if they can kind of keep that mindset this year and, and we go game by game, um, we open up with the University of Vermont February 8th, I think that we could do some really good things. And, you know, I think there's still a lot of talk in the lacrosse world on both sides, the D2 and the D1 side of Merrimack. Um, and I remember talking to a few D1 coaches this summer that were going to play the season saying, hey, look, don't count yourself out Division One. Like, you beat Lemoyne, you beat Adelphi, like, you're, you're a good program, and that's what we kind of keep on reminding our kids as we, we go into this first era. Now, you go into the Northeast Conference, um, you know, it's a different level of competition, different teams, 
we're familiar with some of them, but 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 how do you see that playing out this year? Those teams, who do you think are going to be the natural rivals for you going forward? What does that look like this year for you? Yeah, um, you know, Sacred Heart's a team that pops up all the time from a recruiting standpoint. So I think just I'm always I always like it when we kind of take the recruit from Sacred Heart, and then you go, yeah, we're still beating you. Like that's those are kind of the rivals that I see. Um, you know, the top of the NEC is is good. Mount St. Mary's, Wagner. Robert Morris, they have phenomenal coaches. They're traditionally um, the top of the conference. Um, excited that LIU, LIU Post merged with LIU. Um, I think that's really elevating their overall program. Um, and we're really looking forward to that, that rivalry. That's always been a strong rivalry with all of the Long Island players that we have. There's so much crossover from their high schools and LIU. Um, and I think that's going to be continuously a strong game uh, just like it is on the men's side. Everyone's always going hard in those games, um, and we're really looking forward to that. That was a, a 7-4 loss last year where our shooting percentage, I think, was less than 10%. Uh, so we're looking forward to kind of getting that game back this year. Now, out-of-conference games this year, um, who are you going to be playing? Playing Vermont, I heard. Yeah, UVM is our opening. Um, then we kind of hit the road for a little bit. We're, uh, we're going to go up to upstate New York, Niagara, Canisius, uh, Drexel's on our list. Lafayette's on our list. We'll get back in town. UMass Lowell, Holy Cross, Harvard. Um, I think that Harvard caps off our our out-of-conference play. Um, So overall, I think a competitive but also a winnable non-conference schedule. Um, You know, really excited to to go to some of these things. I was telling Jeremy before we got in here, um, Harvard, what a great Ivy institution, and so happy to have them on our schedule because it's an experience. And it reminds the kids, like, yeah, we're up at Merrimack, and it, it looks different up here, but you can go in and you can play that same exact lacrosse game there that you can at a, a tiny box field, you know, in upstate New York. Um, so we're really looking forward to some of that Good stuff. Good for you. So, um, you know, success in Division Two, Division One. what's that transition been like for you? You know, it's it's been awesome. The success is, I think, allowing us to make that jump to Division One a lot faster um, and gave us, I call it street credit. It just gave us a little bit more of a name outside of the world that was our name. Um, it's always been great to have Coach Morgan's name out there. I mean, what a phenomenal job he does laying the, the groundwork for us as well. Um, but it's nice now that, you know, we're there too and people are seeing our face as well. Um, and I think that has really helped us kind of already have that base foundation, already have a little bit of, okay, Merrimack is good. You know, and they can come in and they can compete at the level that they're going to be at. Um, you know, and, and that's that's been awesome to kind of see that develop. Um, and it's been helpful with recruiting, too. Tell me a little bit about your players. I mean, you got some seniors coming back. you got some freshmen coming in. But 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 how do you see the players and uh, talent levels and, you know, who you've recruited? Talk a little bit about the players themselves. Yeah, you know, our senior class has been a, a stronghold for a while. Um, we actually named all all seven of them captains this fall. Um, because of how strong their leadership together is. Um, and that's fun. Um, Allie DaCosta is going to lead our way offensively. I think she's going to be another phenomenal player for us, um, hopefully picking up another 70 assists again this season like she has the last two seasons. Um, our defensive unit is really three seniors and a junior that have been playing together for three years. It's just hard to kind of break up that chemistry. And I think that's what's nice about this year is it's four years all under one coach. It's just been consistent. So you can build some of that chemistry. Um, and it's 
easier each year to kind of put stuff in play because you already have a group of people that know what's going on. Um, but great freshman class that we brought in um, to tack on to, to the juniors and seniors or juniors and sophomores that we've recruited. Um, I think you're going to see some freshmen pop in there. Um, we have a freshman attacker named Natalie Calkins that, you know, we're really hoping will fill some of the shoes of Amber Feminella, uh, who probably graduated as one of our most successful, if not our most successful women's lacrosse player. Um, and those are big shoes to fill, um, you know, but, but looking good, um, waiting for two of our kids who have been abroad that are big impact players to get back uh, and see kind of what they did while they're over in Italy. Um, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I think our seniors, they know, they know what it was like to be at the very bottom and they know what it's like to be at the very top. And they've been super motivated this year to keep the team chemistry where it needs to be and to keep the attitudes and the energy and the effort up. Um, so that every day we walk away from practice going, all right, that was even better than yesterday. Um, Talk to us about that, that transition that you just alluded to. So, so you came in and early in your tenure at Merrimack, you had a team that won four games. Yeah. Right. And, and in a, a matter of a couple of years, all of a sudden you're, you're winning conference tournaments. So what parallels do you draw between that transition over a short period of time and now bringing the, the program to a different level and competing at Division One? Merrimack, when I got here, had the talent. 100%. I think at the end of the day, the previous coaches were great recruiters. And I think I go back to Merrimack is, it recruits itself. It's a great institution. It's great academics. It's in a great location. Um, and again, it was just, it was consistency. And it was getting them to believe that they were just as great as everyone else. And that's kind of what we keep on saying to them is, again, you you do what everyone else does. Um, you know, there's some things that we need to, to fix. I think the ball speed at the D1 level moves much faster. Um, but we saw that this fall, and it was, they just needed that moment to go, oh, okay, that's what it looks like. And then, you know, you go back to practice, and you keep on working on it, and you keep on building that confidence, and the next thing you know, they're starting to do the same things that we saw UNH do in the fall, um, that we saw Maris do, that we saw some of these other D1 programs that we played in the fall do, and it's it's again, it's getting them to see it and then believe it. Um, and I, I really think that was kind of really how we how we grew and how we grew so quickly is the talent was here. They wanted to be really good lacrosse players, but they needed consistency and they needed to believe in it. Um, and that's kind of what we provided the last couple of years. Talked a little while ago about your program gaining the, the credibility, the, the street cred. Um, you've gained some of that credibility yourself as well. So talk to us a little bit about your, your international coaching experience. Um, you know, it was just something that fell across my desk, um, coaching for the Swiss national team. And I'm at a point in my career where I think I've settled my how to do things. So you can put a little bit more on your plate. Your processes are just, they're a little bit more ingrained. Um, and I said, you know, might as well, might as well see what the international game's like. I think that we're talking more and more in the lacrosse world about trying to get lacrosse into the Olympics. So the international game and the collegiate game are trying to figure out how to merge. Um, so I said, this is a great opportunity to not only get my foot in the door that way, but just grow myself as a coach. Um, the international game is a 10 v 10 game versus our 12 v 12. Um, it's played in quarters versus halves. Um, and it's actually a lot more like the men's game than it is the women's game, to be totally honest, of just strategy and players on the field and um, the quarters and, and how it works. Um, and I said, what a great opportunity to also travel abroad. Um, you know, I love traveling personally. 
Um, and Switzerland's a place that I've never been. Um, their European championship this year was in Israel, probably a country I would never go to in my life uh, if it wasn't for lacrosse and the opportunity. Um, and yeah, I had a good resume and they were looking for someone to help build. Um, Switzerland is a developing country in lacrosse. Um, and they kind of looked up my resume and my resume is a lot of building or rebuilding um, and taking programs either from the very beginning or taking programs that have had kind of a little bit of a tough past and rebuilding it into something successful. And they saw that and said, okay, great, come on over and help us develop. Um, it is a completely different idea of lacrosse over there. The average lacrosse player over there is about 26 um, and has full-time jobs. And so you have to figure out as a coach who's used to seeing their players every single day, coaching a, just a younger body too. Like I can only imagine myself playing right now and there's a girl that's four months younger than me. I don't think my body would be able to handle it. Um, you know, and, and just getting that across. And then you also have a language barrier. Um, I don't speak Swiss German. I don't even speak German. And most of them will speak English, but it's still broken in areas. And it was just, it taught me a lot of patience again. It taught me how to reteach a lot of stuff and reteach it in different ways. Um, and I sat down with, with Coach Morgan and Coach Smith before I went and really kind of got a better concept of their offense in particular. And that was just a great moment because now you're seeing an offense in a different light and you can still take it and transition it to this game. Um, and to my job, what I do here at Merrimack. Um, but yeah, it was a great opportunity. You met a lot. There are a lot of coaches. In fact, Robert Morris's assistant coach, um, coaches the Irish national team. So you saw a little bit of the NEC. You saw a little bit more Division One over there. Um, so it, it is a big American coach are coaching the, the national teams. Oh, cool. um, but it was awesome. It's a neat story. Tell me a little bit about um, talking about coaches. You've changed your coaching staff a little bit. Talk about uh, who you brought on board and uh, what they're going to offer you and the team. Yeah, so a little bit young, um, a familiar face. We brought in Jen Pino, who's a, a Merrimack soccer woman's across alum, um, North Andover person. She's come in this year as our volunteer assistant is going to help us out on the attacking end. Um, and I think Coach Pino just has a lot of years of experience um, and is bringing a lot of that positive energy um, and is great at at pointing out just some of the individual skills um, that as I'm coaching the large team concept, she can grab that player off to the side and say, hey, great, go try this next time in the, the big scheme. Um, Coach Ortel is our new full-time assistant. Uh, Rachel has a, a wildly impressive resume. Um, she's been in the collegiate level uh, between playing and coaching for five years now, uh, has never missed anything outside of the quarterfinals of NCAAs of the D2 level. Um, was a two-time All-American goalie for Lindenwood, out in St. Louis, um, and it's great to have someone with goalie experience on staff. Uh, we've already seen the improvement in our goalies because of that. Um, and then uh, Coach Holmes uh, played at Maryland, won two national championships at Maryland, um, and is a, a grad student here at Merrimack uh, getting her degree in uh, dietary studies, um, and that just brings it, its whole level of help. Um, and she's helping out on our defensive end, was a phenomenal defender for, for Maryland. Um, and it's just, it's fun to see something new, not only for myself as a coach, it gives you new ideas, it gives you new perspective, but for our girls to hear new voices and new concepts and just a new way of saying something. Um, you know, sometimes it will just click with a different player, but they all bring a, a good wealth of, of knowledge and new approach on things. Um, some great Division One experience, which is super helpful, um, and a high level of D2 experience. Um, and that's been, I think, really helpful in 
getting the kids to again recognize you have the ability like you're not far off keep on working and, and we'll be there and we'll be fine oh, that's great um you know i want to change a little bit of the conversation about um athletics department mm -hmm. and uh, you've been now four years right going to your fourth year so you've been part of this transition um you know, athletics has had a great hundred first days in Division One. What's that been like as a coach in that department, and what's that experience been like? I mean, it, it's been amazing. It's been so <laughs> awesome. We were down recruiting in Florida um, last month and ran into all the NEC coaches, and the first thing they say is, oh, my God, your men's soccer team. Um, and, and it is. Oh, my God, Tony, what did you do? You know, you have scored your opponents 22-2, to two and it's just a celebration of all of us. And same thing, I'm, I'm sitting in Maryland after – a recruiting tournament when men's basketball was out playing Northwestern and we're sitting just at a restaurant watching the game and people are going Merrimack like what's Merrimack and it's just awesome now to start seeing that and and recognizing that what everyone does is a reflection of all of us and it helps all of us out um, and it's just I think it it eased kind of some of all of our fears as coaches going into this um, and it's a fun hallway to walk down and it was fun all year long walking down past Tony and going, Tony, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's and it's and Tony's so humble, too. And I think that's really kind of the cool part about our coaching staff is it's a very humble staff at the end of the day. Um, and all of us understand that this is a family inside ourselves and we're all our own team. And and kind of the foundation that Jeremy has laid out for us and, and his philosophies of how our department runs, it goes into our programs and it's made it be where we are. Um, and I, I think it's awesome. And talking to Joe and talking to Mo, um, I did tell Mo that I'm, I'm going to steal UMass's uh, zone press that they ran. I said, sorry about that. Uh, but they got her a little bit there. Um, you know, but, but Mo, and, and you just learn from each other. And I think that's what has been great, as especially one of the younger coaches in our department, is you can walk into anyone's office and strike up conversation, and you learn something every single time you walk out. Um, and whether it's you're taking the X's and O's from Joe or Mo or Mike, or you're talking to Mark Conley about life, like it's a great hallway to be a part of. And the success of this year, I think, has just it's put a smile on everyone's face. Um, and again, it makes everyone go, okay, yeah, we'll find this. Um, we'll find this by the time we get to the end of that four years. And you know, I think it's. I think that's kind of nice, too, is there's a little bit of that not pressure in the next four years to have to go to postseason, that you're just kind of that sleeping giant. Um, and you can just sit and go, all right, NEC, get ready for us, because we're going to sit right there. And then that, that year that we're eligible, we're, we're ready to go on all, all levels. Um, and I think that I have faith that uh, the coaches we have in place and our administrators that we have to support us and our strength staff, everyone from our ATs to our strengths, like, We'll be we'll be really good. Good. Talk a little bit about um, being good and setting goals and and expectations for a team. So you know every coach, every leader goes through this process on an annual basis, right? Oh, what are we trying to achieve this year? What are we trying to be? How do we get there? Talk a little about your team and um, what are some of your goals for the team this year? What would you consider a successful season? Yeah, um, successful for us this year is I think all of us are talking about being in the top four of the NEC. If we can be in the top four of the INC for That's us, ambitious. It's, it's ambitious, but we think we can do it. And, and we want to set that goal. We want to make sure that it's a, something attainable, but it is something that we have to push ourselves to. Um, outside of that, we're, 
I'm a daily goal person. And that's what we talk to our players about all the time is when you wake up in the morning, what are the three things you want to accomplish? What do you want to accomplish as a student here at Merrimack? What do you want to accomplish as a person here at Merrimack? And what do you want to accomplish as an athlete here at Merrimack? Um, and then check in with those goals at the end of the day. Um, and if we got them, great, let's reset them. If we didn't, it's okay. Let's refocus on what we missed and go back out and accomplish that the next day. Um, and that's kind of where we found our success this year um, so far is take it day by day. Um, take it day by day. Celebrate the things that we're good at. And it's okay if we miss something, but let's not miss it two, three more days in a row. Um, and I think that that's how we're going to take our, our season goals too is, all right, you know, and we did it last year. And it was really successful for us last year. On our scouting report, we had our positional goals and our overall goals. And our team loved the next scouting report when we took that old one out and we were able to check stuff off. Um, and that was successful for us. I think we'll go back to that. So there's been a, a clear kind of redevelopment in terms of the level of play yep. of your team. But the other thing that I see in your program, and I have the benefit of seeing seeing you and your student athletes on a daily basis, is a cultural shift, right? And, and so you've introduced a different level of fun to the experience that your student athletes are having. And, you know, I see it in the smiles in their faces when they're walking through the hall. But then I see things like Halloween and, and different activities going. Tell me a little bit about beyond the X's and O's of coaching the kind of culture building that you're doing with the program. Yeah, I mean, my philosophy as a coach has always been lacrosse is great. I love lacrosse. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. But my job is to make sure these guys are ready when they graduate. Um, and it's more than the X's and O's on the field. And life is bigger than that. And we always have this Halloween practice. It's so much fun. We always end um, our, our fall season with a flag football game. Um, it was much better looking this year than it's been in the past. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and you have to have the fun. You have to have the moments where kind of even as a coach, you let your guard down and you say, okay, like you can work hard and have fun at the same time. And that's one of the things I always preach is I will never be upset at the mistakes. And some of, I look back at the past, some of our best games, you know, were games where we went out and we worked really hard and you didn't feel like you lost at the end of the game. I remember it was in season two of me being here we, I think we still lost to Adelphi by seven goals. But I remember walking to our post-game huddle, and they honestly felt like they won the game. They felt like they beat Adelphi, and that's that kind of work hard, have fun philosophy. And with the group I have, um, we talk a lot about the DISC profile. We're a lot of eyes, a lot of eyes. Like almost 70% of our team are eyes. They love their feelings. They love to have fun. They love to be praised. And I think as a coach, recognizing that and, and building it into your culture is huge. But, I, you know, I also go, one of our principles here at Merrimack is Augustinians, be good people. Be good people, give back. And we talk about that all the time. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with faith. And I think that's what's great about the Augustinians is it's more than just a faith. It's, it's being good. It's doing good. And it's something that we talk about our team all the time. And I think that's what's helped shift our culture. And, and what we're still continuing to shift our culture on is, each year it's, all right, yeah, that was part of the past, but how do we make our culture even better? Um, and one thing that we're working on this year is more accountability that they have within each other of, okay, if someone does something well, don't wait for the coaches to say it. You go say it. Or if someone needs a little help on something, go say it to them instead of, again, waiting for the coaches to say it. Um, you know, and that's something that, as we've been doing all of our end-of-player meetings here, 
they're all like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great now to see those light bulbs going off and, and them feeling empowered that they can also go and do it. Um, and it's been really awesome to watch how our culture can change. Um, so That's great, Julie. Julie, you know, I want to wrap up in a minute, but I, I, I do have um, – I do want to kind of switch the conversation a little bit to the lacrosse world, right? Um, so – being a college president and observer of trends, right? You know, uh, there's no question that the game of lacrosse has grown considerably over the last decade, right? Talk a little bit about that on the women's side and what that means for women's sports, generally collegiate sports, but also at the select level, even at the you know the young age where kids come in. And, and lacrosse has become a very popular kind of youth sport. Talk about that on the, the, on the girls' side, how it's what it's meant for women and, and just collegiate athletics overall. Yeah, it's been awesome to watch it grow over uh, even since I was a youth player. Um, you know, the opportunities that youth have now compared to when I was 8, 10 years old is is through the roof. Um, and it's it's almost too big right now for our infrastructure to keep up with as far as coaches and refs, the poor refs. Um, but it's great. And, again, it's great to see that it's being talked about for the Olympics. And I think that's kind of our next shift. Um Women's lacrosse really kicked off its own professional league this year um, with a W, um, the Women's Professional Lacrosse League, WPLL. Um, and that, I think, was one of the coolest things to see. I think even my current team, they don't have a lot of lacrosse players to look up to because it wasn't really ever marketed for them. And that's that's awesome to now see. You know, again, we were down at President's Cup. There were over 4,000 lacrosse players at President's Cup two weeks ago down in Florida, and they all got to see our WPLL and our U.S. national team play. And the lines of just autographs were, it was massive. You know, we're on this massive polo field, and it's just, it's circled. And that's been, you've never seen that before. You know, the women's national team has been every year at our national championship, and it's like walking by just a desk of, workers more than anything else um, and now you have all these young players looking up and buying the Dana Doby jerseys and you know the the O Miller jerseys and it's names that now just outside of the coaches people know um, and I think it's it's starting to shift that trend to now women's lacrosse players have women's lacrosse mentors and figures and people that they say oh, I want to be like that I remember playing basketball and I always said, oh, I want to be Rebecca Lobo. Too short to be Rebecca Lobo. But, you know, it's it's that concept is we have those figures now, and it's amazing to see. And I think this WPLL is doing it right. And what I love about kind of watching a women's games grow is they recognize the importance of sports, and that's bigger than just the game on the field. And the WPLL is doing a lot of um, also leadership training and just empowering young girls um, through sport. And I think that that's – as we continue to develop, I think lacrosse is very unique in that, is that we are a sport that looks more than just to the X's and O's of our game and how do we use it to empower the next generation of women to be strong and successful. And I think that's that's been one of, the, I think, the coolest things to watch about as it grows. That's great. You know, uh, you alluded to this earlier, but I want to kind of, you know, final question. You know, um, you're a coach, a very successful coach, a growing program, Division One. Your life is built around lacrosse. Um, so you've seen a lot of the ins and outs of the game. You've seen the changes in the game. And you said this earlier about the Swiss game is more men's-like and it's more um, 10 players and four quarters. Um, what do you see down the road as changes you want to see in the women's game? Rules, 
you know, how the game is organized? Because there is a lot of talk about that. And, you know, you're kind of in the front and center of that now. So what do you see from, from your vantage? What you'd like to see as changes, what you want to see preserved as you go forward? Yeah, I still think anything that we can do to make it more viewer-friendly, you know, taking out some of just the what we call as coaches the ticky-tacky fouls that no one understands why we called it. Um, and making it a very fast-paced, fluid game. I think that's kind of what's interesting about um, what they're proposing as an Olympic game is it's, it actually looks a lot like ice hockey. In, out, seven players at a time, um, smaller field, and it's high scoring. People love high scoring. I think that is what's something that's attractive about our game is at the end of the day, it's still a 30-point game by the end of, of the game for the most part. Um, so I'd love to see that. Uh, but I also would love to preserve a little bit of our traditions. I think the talk of helmets in our game is crazy. Um, I don't think we're meant to wear helmets. I think at the collegiate level, our concussion rate is not where it is. Um, and that's a lot of, of talent. Um, I love all the new stick manufacturing, what's going on, because it allows, it allows to get fancy. And people love watching fancy. Um, you know, when the players can throw the behind-the-back shots or the in-between leg shots and the defense make these massive knocks. It's fun. Um, but really just making it more of a fluid game. I mean, up until two years ago, we were the only sport that froze on a whistle. And now that we've gotten rid of that, people enjoy watching it more. Um, and that's what we keep on talking about in our industry is how do we get our game on TV? We get our game on TV by making it shorter. It's a really long game right now. Um, and making it more viewer attractive. Um, and I think if we can keep on working on that, um, maybe a two-point shot down the road. You know, the, the WPL has a two-point shot. Um, we're starting to get stronger athletes that can take these further out shots. Um, I think I would like that. You know, maybe we'll get rid of our three seconds. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I see it as, you know, the, 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 the women players are getting faster, stronger, quicker. Yeah. Right. You can see that in the game already, not just Division One, but generally in all of the sport. Uh, there's a lot more all-season conditioning and the work that's done. I see the kind of evolution like women's ice hockey. You know, if you've been to women's ice hockey game at the collegiate level, there's no checking, but you're kidding yourself if you think there's no checking, <laughs> yeah, right? right? I mean, I'm watching that game. Like, that's a pretty physical game there. Those girls are quick and fast, and some of them have slap shots that are better than most of the men. Yeah. And I just see that game evolving, evolving and, I, I you know, it's, it's just fascinating to hear your, your, your points about that because I do think it's – it's naturally the athletes are going to force the change. I mean, they're quicker, they're faster, they want more, and that makes it for a more exciting spectator sport. But I also think it's just going to be demanded by the, the, the athletes, women athletes. I just see that coming. They want to compete at the highest level, and I think, you know, we see this across sports. Yeah. More women competing directly with men now, whether it be in golf or tennis or other sports. I think it's nat And lacrosse seems one of those sports where, you know, the women are starting to c compete just physically at the same level, which is, I think, terrific. Yep. And makes a great sport. But I see women's ice hockey the same way. I mean, you know, I think actually it's a better game to watch than the men's game now. When you really go to a game, it's more strategic. There is there's a physicality to it, but it's just a more strategic um, uh, kind of game, and it's fun to watch. And it's fast. Yeah. And it compared to 23 years ago. And I saw a women's game last year, and I was really impressed at the speed and the, the, the quickness and the agility yep. of a sport that doesn't have helmets, which I always wondered why. I mean, someone's going to get hurt. Um, but I, I understand the, the preservation of traditions and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It will be even faster this year at our level. So yeah, no, it'll it be was, fun to watch. I was surprised how fast it was last year. It was yeah. really a fun game to watch and see. But I'm, I'm glad to see as a just a, not an expert on lacrosse, but seeing some of the kind of the kind of the old ways of thinking about women's sports and changing. And lacrosse is one of those sports that had a lot of traditions to it. 
Yeah, yeah. You have to keep traditions. I think traditions are important, but um, you also have to recognize the change of the times yeah. and that it's okay. Um, you know, it's the same idea of, of growing your team. Recognize your traditions, but recognize that every year brings a new opportunity to look at something in a different way. Um, but no, I, I think it's, I think the sport's going in a great direction. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a fun sport to watch. I know a lot of young women are doing it now, and it's become, you know, so one of those sports that uh, I, I think has caught on amongst young people, um, and I think it, it rivals now at the, at the girls' level, the men's, uh, and I think it is uh, one of those sports that's replacing the traditional football that the other, or even field hockey. I think yeah. field hockey's not going to do as well because low ones lacrosse is doing so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's a good thing to see. Yeah. So, so the sport's moving idea. in a great direction. Julie, you've got the program moving in a great direction. We're excited to see what the, the spring season has up ahead and want to thank you for joining us. Yeah, we want to wish morning. you the best of luck, and you're doing a great job, and we appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate it, too. Thank you.